Now on the Freak Nation, NHRA Funny Car Pilot Tommy Johnson Jr., who went from bench warmer to race winner. Last weekend in Reading, he was in for the second week for your Funny Car Champion, Matt Hagen, and he joins us now here in the Freak Nation. And Tommy, I got to imagine that uh, getting back in that Funny Car, it's tough to get used to all that clutch dust and clutch dust boogers and nitro coming up in your face. Uh, it's usually clutch dust in the funny car. All that clutch dust coming up in there. It's amazing that stuff goes everywhere. Every day. So I mean, after, after after we run during the day, blow your nose. I'm, I'm not lying. It's black. I don't have any idea how you guys do that. That's just, I shake my head. The top fuel cars seem less crazy than sitting behind 11,000 horsepower motor, breathing brake dust. And a wheelbase that's probably five feet too short. I mean, it just makes no sense. <laughs> you ever seen a guy in a funny car have a white fire suit? No. <laughs> Dragger? Yeah. Funny car? No. <laughs> well, hold on. We've seen parts of the old Castrol suits with John Force. And yes, the white was white barely halfway through the first round in Pomona. <laughs> that was it. That's it. Yeah, that's why there's no white fire suit. Man, you don't wear a white fire suit. You, you don't wear a white fire suit driving Dragster. Yeah, no. But back to boogers real quick, because it's a serious question here. What are the worst boogers? Is it clutch dust boogers or is it dirt track racing boogers? Because those are pretty bad, too. Or is it just going to Las Vegas and the high altitude, super dry atmosphere that Vegas is? Is it Vegas boogers? Yeah, they're bloody. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't want any. I don't want any of them. But uh, I don't know. I like black ones, man. That means you're in the wheel. That means you're behind the wheel. I don't mind black ones. That's good. I'll take black ones. Okay. Black boogers or dirty boogers. There you go. Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, that's true. Tommy Johnson Jr. joining us here in the Freak Nation. If you're sitting on the bench, you're not getting any kind of boogers other than bench boogers. You want black boogers because you are behind the wheel. Yeah. I'll take them. Yeah. You can get rid of them and blow them out. That's good. Get rid of them. Get rid of them and ready to go the next day, man. We're ready. Well, Tommy's been coming to the Freak Nation many times, and he knows this, this is just how we roll here in the Freak Nation. But it's not many times, Tommy, that you run, run in the Freak Nation where you've been sitting on the bench for a little bit, and all of a sudden you get the phone call that uh, Matt Hagen, he's out for COVID-19 protocol, and you get to get back in the seat for a couple of races. That first race, man, that second race, uh, a big win for you and the, and the team in general. How does a dude like yourself in drag racing stay sharp, uh, knowing that you may get the call to run a – Again, a sub four second pass versus a you know two hundred lap NASCAR driver or IndyCar driver. How do you stay sharp to crush the tree like you do? Yeah, that is a good question. I I, I guess it's uh, you go off experience. I mean, you just uh, you got to fall back on all the years of doing this and and uh, just use your mental uh, state of, of experience. And there's no real practice for our sport. You know, there's is these cars are so expensive to run and. And to go out and make a lap on one of these cars costs so much money, and um, it's it's a lot of tremendous amount of work for just that four seconds. So you just don't go out and practice. It isn't like go out and run ten laps, come in and make a change, go out and run some more. Um, you don't you don't practice in these cars. You you have to be mentally prepared to do it. So um, just I, it felt normal. Just jumping back in, it felt back to normal, and uh, you know, I just relied on my natural ability, I guess, and, and the years of experience to uh, have it all come back to me and. And thank goodness it did. It came back quick. And, and it, it was almost like you, uh, your brain's a really complicated thing and you get all this information in it and it clogs it up and it, and you, you start focusing on bad information and, and bad things and you're trying not to do bad things and you need to think positive. And 
I didn't have any bad information. I hadn't ran all season, so there was no bad runs. There was no mistakes. There was no late lights. There was no red lights. There was no nothing in the data bank, you know, and it was just come back and do it naturally. And you see that a lot with new drivers. You see them come out and just crush the tree. And I says, wait till they have a big fire. Wait till they make a mistake. Wait till they screw up. Then it gets in your head and you go up there and you start thinking about it. You can't get rid of it. You try not to think about it, but you can't help it. So uh, I had nothing, uh, nothing to think about. No, no bad stuff in there. It was a clean slate for the last 10 months. Come out and do your thing. And uh, it worked. It worked great. I talked to a driver once who said he was sitting down with a beer and a plate of wings, getting ready to watch March Madness when he got a call and showed up at the track the next day. What were you doing when they called you and said, Tommy, we need you? Yeah, it was an indie. Uh, I was at the races. It's about the track's about three miles from my house. Went out for the weekend to help a buddy of mine trip him racing top fuel. I was going to just hang out with him and help him. And I uh, got a text said, you're at the track. I'm like, yeah, I'm out here. And uh, <laughs> next thing I know, Dickie Venables is calling me and says, hey, uh, could you drive our car? We need a driver. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he says, OK, we're going to run. And it's, basically, it was about two hours. He said, we're going to run in two hours. Get your stuff and get over here. So I jumped in my car and drove home, grabbed my, I had to actually pull my helmet cabinets away from the wall, pull my helmets out, um, grab my suit, grab all my equipment, run back to the track. I was back in 30 minutes. Uh, 45 minutes later, I was sitting in the car uh, after I got the phone call, warming the thing up and ready to go. And and it was, it was kind of funny you say that because everybody says, boy, good thing you weren't out in the stands having a beer or watching these guys. You'd have been in trouble. So I said, yep, no more. Can't have a beer. Aaron, you go to the racetrack ever again. Can I have a beer until the end of the day? Because, uh, you can't be that fan just sitting up there having a beer and uh, relax, relaxing because uh, you never know when that phone call is going to come. But, yeah, it was a whirlwind, you know, and then have a, a small part of push-pull pin brake on the wheelie bar that never breaks, you know. I mean, it wouldn't matter who was driving the car, it was going to break. So uh, to have that happen and not be able to get a qualify in Indy, it was kind of – it was a heartbreaking, you know. It was like I said it was like giving a kid an ice cream cone to go to take a lick and you smack it out of their hand and say, nope, not today. <laughs> And uh, that's kind of how Indy was. It was like, oh, I get to drive again. This is great. Let's do this. And then, nope, you didn't qualify. You're out. It rained all day on Saturday. Didn't get to make a run. So uh, it was great to get the opportunity, but it wasn't so great we didn't get to do it. Was there anything you couldn't find, like uh, you were looking for, your your helmet or just anything that you couldn't find when you were rushing around the house? No, but it was hard to remember what all I needed. You know, it was all there. I, I had it all from last year. It was all sitting there, and I started going through it thinking, yeah, I think this is it. This is all of it. Okay, we're good. But uh, the, And the guys on the on the team, uh, luckily enough, it happened in Indy. Uh, the DSR shop's about a mile down the road from the track, and they ran back to the shop and grabbed the seat insert out of my car that I drove last season. So uh, by the time I got back to the track with my stuff, they already had my seat in the car, and I, I climbed in, and it felt like home again. Wow. So Tommy Johnson Jr. joining us here in the Freak Nation, you were talking about how you didn't have any bad information in your head to go on to the track to make bad decisions necessarily for race weekends. However, what sort of, do you give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to the training that some drivers do, and I'm sure you've done it in the past too, to the tree inside the transporter and, and practicing your tree reaction times away from the track? Is, is there a lot of benefit to that or is it just kind of so-so? I think it is. It depends on who you are and, and what works for you. Uh, I've never been able to have success doing that. It's it's uh, it's so different from actually being in the car and doing it. You know, uh, there's fans in the stands. There's a guy in the other lane. And the car's running, and you know, you have all these other factors involved. You're sitting in your basement doing this tree. It's 
I mean, anybody can cut a good light on a practice tree. I think. I mean, it's 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 you don't have all the distractions. You don't have everything going on. You're, you know, it's just it's just not the same for me, and it's never worked. So I've never been able to see any benefit from doing it. It might be a uh, a muscle memory thing that you can do, but it's just not something that's always worked for me. And I know guys that do it. They do it religiously and do it every week, and it works for them. It it really makes them better. But um, I've tried, and it doesn't do anything. So I've I got one. I, I, yeah. I've tried it. It's, it's sitting in the basement. It's probably got a lot of dust on it right now, but uh, it's there. Would it help if you had a fan and you were blowing brake dust <laughs> up your nose? Would that make it easier for you to train in real life conditions? Yeah, they talk about these simulators, all these simulators in, in racing now. These guys got simulators and they do all the simulation. I said, can you build a simulator that actually moves the earth, you know, and, and the ground shaking, and your, your whole house is vibrating, and if you're doing this, I says, you just can't simulate drag racing, 11,000 horsepower simulation. There's no way to do that, you know, and uh, I don't think you can get any benefit from it unless it's real, you know. Yeah, we have the U.S. Geological Survey looking at the seismograph and see the things, needles start to bounce. And they said, Tommy Johnson's just practicing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. That's what would happen, too. Because, I mean, uh, when you kind of drag race and the, and the ground moves and the earth shakes and the grandstands are fire, I mean, you can't simulate that. There's only one way to do that. That's put a little nitro in the tank and light that thing up. Tommy Johnson Jr. joining us here in the Freak Nation. And, Tommy, drivers are particular about their cars. Did you call Matt and say, how is she, how does she react to this? How does she drive here? What are some intricacies about your car, Matt, that I need to pay attention to? Or do you make it your car once you sit in it? Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't talked to Matt. You know, uh, we texted a couple times. You know, he just said, hey, "Thanks for filling in for me." You know, and I said, hope you're getting better. You know, and um, really never talked about it. It, it. I jumped in the thing, and, and nowadays these seat inserts. You know, most of the chassis are made very similar. The seat insert is kind of made for each driver. And, kind of get you where you want to be and where you're sitting in the car. And and luckily enough that the car I got in, Matt's car was very similar to mine that I drove last season with being with DSR for seven years. And we had very similar equipment. So uh, most of the things were the same. The throttle pedal was a little different. It was different than mine, but it was, wasn't something you couldn't make work. And, and uh, you know, the steering wheel, his steering wheel was a little bigger than mine, but you know, just other little, little things like that. It was, it was very similar. And you don't know how they drive until the first run. And it was a flawless car. I mean, it was a great team. You know, you can see why that team has won a couple championships together. And it's just a very well-oiled machine team. And they do a great job and made me feel very comfortable. And, you know, Dickie mentioned to me, you drive the car the way you drive and I'll tune the way I drive or the way I tune and, and we should be okay. And it's just a, a combination of a great team and great equipment and uh, just being able to feel, fit right in right away. It, it worked perfectly. So with that throttle pedal, with the steering wheel and some other things, did you change them to your liking or did you keep them the way that Hagen has them and you just drove it anyway? No, I kept them the way they were. I just, nice. I, I thought, ah, it's something I'll, I'll just, I'll just make it work. I'll, I'll deal with it, make it work. And, uh, I actually told Dickie after we won in Reading last weekend, I says, Hey, uh, if we do this again. I'd like to change that throttle pedal. It's okay, <laughs> but I think I can do better, you know? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> And I know we've talked about muscle memory, you know, earlier in this interview, but when you get up on the starting line with Ron Caps, when you were up on the starting line with John Force, did any of the pre-stage rituals, does that stuff just come naturally back into your head about what they're going to do in the other lane versus you? Or was some of it like, oh yeah, I forgot about that? 
Yeah, you, you try to uh, go over in your head before the run. I always visualize in my head what uh, what's going to happen. And, yeah, I've raced those guys a long time, a lot of years, and I know their know their habits and what they do. And, and it was like a high-stakes chess game. You know, I thought, okay, this he's probably going to do this. And I need to do this to counter it, you know. And you don't, I didn't really have, I don't have a routine. I had been out for 10 months, so I don't have a routine in this car, this team. But I have, you know, how I drive and how I've driven in the past. And you, you get to know your competitors and their and their their little things that they're trying to do to throw you off and so yeah it was uh, I, I uh, right away each guy I, I analyzed them I thought okay he did this and this and this in the past so I need to do this and this and uh, each one of them and I knew Force was going to roll it in deep I you know <laughs> I'm, I wasn't surprised that thought Bob went out he went in so far so I knew that and I went in the final thing and okay I'm going to have to go with him I got to stick it in there because I I. I can't allow that to beat me, you know, just because I think I can cut a good light shallow stage and he's going to roll it in and take every advantage he can. I need to do the same. So uh, I poked it in there and actually didn't feel like it was far enough and took one little more uh, poke and, and moved the car just, you know, maybe a half an inch to an inch further. And and uh, that was that made the difference, actually. I mean, it came down to three mm -hmm. thousandths of a second I beat him by. Mm -hmm. And if I hadn't Whoa. bumped that one more time, I probably lost that race. So. Yeah, it, uh, you, you you quickly go back to your record books in your mind and know what Trevor does and, and try to counter that and try to uh, come out on top. Tommy, was, did your win become the antidote for uh, Matt getting better? Uh, he, <laughs> he's no longer sick, and now he's ready to, you can't let anybody else drive my car and win with it. Yeah, I don't know when the progress came, but I'm going to guess it was probably Sunday afternoon. He started feeling a ton better. Yeah, I imagine uh, – I don't know what his condition was Saturday, but I'm sure by Sunday night he was probably feeling normal again, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, I mean, if it was me, I'd be the same way. I'd be like, hey, okay, that's enough. Get out of my car, you know. So, uh, but, yeah, it was it was, it was was probably well-heeled medicine for him on Sunday to watch that, and he, he uh, probably improved rapidly. Yeah, I would imagine that's true, Tommy. That Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson know Wally cures yeah. all, <laughs> cures all in the NHRA, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's amazing, Wally. Uh, they always said that uh, one good run on a fuel car can cure cancer, and it can cure a lot of things. You start winning rounds and going rounds and, and uh, throwing those shoots, running three hundred and thirty some miles an hour, you feel pretty good. I don't care what's wrong with you, you feel pretty good. So, I would imagine the intensity of your demeanor inside that race car was a little different versus when you're getting paid to drive a race car or, or you're not getting paid to get out of a race car. Right? Yeah, it was very different. You know, I, I went in the weekend with, let's just have some fun. You know, this is, there's no, I'm not in the points. There's no pressure. Um, I told my wife, if I screw up, what are they going to do? Fire me? You know, I mean, who cares? You know, <laughs> and, and, and that carefree attitude, it kind of worked to my advantage. You know, I said, uh, I'm just out here to have fun. And the guy told me Sunday morning, he says, that's dangerous because guys out here just to have fun are usually dangerous because there is no pressure. Nope. There's, there's nothing that, you know, I was thinking, man, I've got to do this or it's, it's, it's over, you know, the season's over or I may lose my job or I could care less what happened. I wanted to win for myself. You know, I wanted to win for these guys. They put in a tremendous amount of work to make that happen and get me in the car and, and do it all. I wanted to help them and want, want these guys to, uh, to win the race. But at the same time, I was only kind of concerned about myself. I wanted to win the race. You know, I was like, I want to win this race. And, uh, I think that attitude and that no pressure attitude played tremendously well on Sunday for just going out there and doing the best I could. 
I've heard some great stories. Tommy Johnson Jr., you mentioned traveling. I've heard drivers tell me that they wake up in the morning as three o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom. They don't know what hotel they're in. I had <laughs> one driver tell me he ended up in the hallway thinking he was going to the bathroom. All the traveling what? you've done, I bet you have some stories like that that you can tell where you went to the wrong door, you got locked out of the room, not wearing enough clothes. Tell me one of those stories. I have gotten up in the middle of the night and ran right smack into the wall, thinking the bathroom is the other direction. Yes, that's uh, you forget where you're at. I went to the hotel room and my key wouldn't work. Go back to the front desk and they said, well, sir, that's not your room. Man. Oh, you're right. That was last week's room. You're right. So, yeah, there's been many of them. Thankfully, none without clothes on. So, yes, no. Uh, it, it, but you do. You start losing track of where you're at. What 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 place? Where are we? You know, and uh, and fortunately, I've been able to travel the world and race. You know, that was kind of cool to be able to go. Uh, I've been one of top fuel race in six different countries. So, yeah, the traveling part is is it's it's a great experience. But man, it, it's a grind, and you, you feel for these guys and. I mean, NASCAR guys running 36 times a year. I can't imagine doing that every, you know, every year. And, and, uh, HRA, we run 24 times a year. And it just, after a while, you think, man, where, where are we? What race is next? What city am I in? You know, Tommy Johnson, Jr. Here in the Freak Nation, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it, guys.